Part three of Silly Verses Selections from Shores, Carol, Lear, and Gilbert. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Silly Verses Selections from Shores, Carol, Lear, and Gilbert by Various. Part three Edward Lear. The Aconde of Swat, the Yongi Bongi Boy, the Jumbles, the Pobble Who Has No Toes, the New Vestments, the Two Old Bachelors, the Owl, and the Pussycat the Aconde of swat who or why or which or what is the Aconde of swat is he tall or short or dark or fair does he sit on a stool or sofa or chair or squat the Aconde of swat is he wise or foolish young or old does he drink his soup and his coffee cold or hot the Aconde of swat does he sing or whistle jabber or talk and when riding abroad does he gallop or walk or trot the aconde of swat does he wear a turban a fez or a hat does he sleep on a mattress a bed or a mat or a cot the aconde of swat when he writes a copy in round hand size does he cross his t's and finish his eyes with a dot the aconde of swat can he write a letter concisely clear without a speck or a smudge or smear or a blot the aconde of swat do his people like him extremely well or do they whenever they can rebel or plot at the aconde of swat if he catches them then either old or young does he have them chopped in pieces or hung or shot the aconde of swat do his people prig in the lanes or park or even at times when days are dark garot oh the aconde swat does he study the wants of his own dominion or doesn't he care for public opinion a jot the aconde swat to amuse his mind do his people show him pictures or any one's last new poem or what for the aconde swat at night if he suddenly screams and wakes do they bring him only a few small cakes or a lot for the aconde of swat does he live on turnips tea or tripe does he like his shawl to be marked with a stripe or a dot the aconde of swat does he like to lie on his back in a boat like the lady who lived in that isle remote shallot the aconde of swat is he quiet or always making a fuss is his steward a swiss or a swede or a russ or a scot the aconde of swat does he like to sit by the calm blue wave or to sleep and snore in a dark green cave or a grot the aconde swat does he drink small beer from a silver jug or a bowl or a glass or a cup or a mug or a pot the aconde swat does he beat his wife with a gold-topped pipe when she lets the gooseberries grow too ripe or rot the aconde swat does he bear a white tie when he dines with his friends and tie it neat in a bow with ends or a knot the aconde swat does he like a new cream and hate mince pies when he looks at the sun does he wink his eyes or not the aconde swat does he teach his subjects to roast and bake does he sail about on an inland lake in a yacht the aconde swat someone or nobody knows i wot who or which or why or what is the Aconde of Swat? The Yongi Bongi Bo 
on the coast of caramando where the early pumpkins blow in the middle of the woods live the yonghy bonghy bo two old chairs and half a candle one old jug without a handle these were all his worldly goods in the middle of the woods these were all the worldly goods of the yonghy bonghy bo of the yonghy bonghy bo once among the bong trees walking where the early pumpkins blow to a little heap of stones came the yonghy bonghy bo there he heard a lady talking to some milk-white hens of dorking tis the lady jingly jones on that little heap of stones sits the lady jingly jones said the yonghy bonghy bo said the yonghy bonghy bo lady jingly lady jingly sitting where the pumpkins blow will you come and be my wife said the yonghy bonghy bo i am tired of living singly on this coast so wild and shingly i'm a-weary of my life if you'll come and be my wife quite serene would be my life said the yonghy bonghy bo said the yonghy bonghy bo on this coast of caramandel shrimps and watercresses grow prawns are plentiful and cheap said the yonghy bonghy bo you shall have my chairs and candle and my jug without a handle gaze upon the rolling deep fish is plentiful and cheap as the sea my love is deep said the yonghy bonghy bo said the yonghy bonghy bo lady jongly answered sadly and her tears began to flow your proposal comes too late mr yonghy bonghy bo i would be your wife most gladly here she twirled her fingers madly but in england i've a mate yes you've asked me far too late for in england i've a mate mr yonghy bonghy bo mr yonghy bonghy bo mr jones his name is hendel hendel jones esquire and company dorking fowls delights to send mr yonghy bonghy bo keep o oh, keep your chairs and candle and your jug without a handle i can merely be your friend should my jones more dorking send i will give you three my friend mr yonghy bonghy bo mr yonghy bonghy bo though you've such a tiny body and your head so large doth grow though your hat may blow away mr yonghy bonghy bo though you're such a haughty dotty yet i wish that i could moddy five the words i need must say will you please to go away that is all i have to say mr yonghy bonghy bo mr yonghy bonghy bo down the slippery slopes of myrtle where the early pumpkins blow to the calm and silent sea fled the yonghy bonghy bo there beyond the bay of girdle lay a large and lively turtle you're the cove he said for me on your back beyond the sea turtle you shall carry me said the yonghy bonghy bo said the yonghy bonghy bo through the silent roaring ocean did the turtle swiftly go holding fast upon his shell rode the yonghy bonghy bo with a sad primeval motion towards the sunset isles of boshan still the turtle bore him well holding fast upon his shell lady jingly jones farewell sang the yonghy bonghy bo sang the yonghy bonghy bo from the coast of coromandel did that lady never go on that heap of stones she mourns for the yonghy bonghy bo on that coast of coromandel in his jug without a handle still she weeps and daily moans on the little heap of stones to her dorking hens she moans for the yonghy bonghy bo for the yonghy bonghy bo the jumblies 
they went to sea in a sieve they said in a sieve they went to sea in spite of all their friends could say on a winter's morn on a stormy day in a sieve they went to sea and when the sieve turned round and round and every one cried you'll all be drowned they called aloud our sieve ain't big but we don't care a button we don't care a fig in a sieve we'll go to sea far and few far and few are the lands where the jumblies live their heads are green and their hands are blue and they went to sea in a sieve they sailed away in a sieve they did in a sieve they sailed so fast with only a beautiful pea-green veil tied with a ribbon by way of a sail to a small tobacco-pipe mast and every one said who saw them go oh won't they soon be upset you know for the sky is dark and the voyage is long and happen what may it's extremely wrong in a sieve to sail so fast far and few far and few are the lands where the jumblies live their heads are green and their hands are blue and they went to sea in a sieve the water it soon came in it did the water it soon came in so to keep them dry they wrapped their feet in a pinky paper all folded neat and they fastened it down with a pin and they passed the night in a crockery jar and each of them said how wise we are though the sky be dark and the voyage be long yet we never can think we were rash or wrong while round in our sieve we spin far and few far and few are the lands where the jumblies live their heads are green and their hands are blue and they went to sea in a sieve and all night long they sailed away and when the sun went down they whistled and warbled a moony song to the echoing sound of a coppery gong in the shade of the mountains brown o oh, timbaloo how happy we are when we live in a sieve and a crockery jar and all night long in the moonlight pale we sail away with a pea-green sail in the shade of the mountains brown far and few far and few are the lands where the jumblies live their heads are green and their hands are blue and they went to sea in a sieve they sailed to the western sea they did to a land all covered with trees and they bought an owl and a useful cart and a pound of rice and a cranberry tart and a hive of silvery bees and they bought a pig and some green jackdaws and a lovely monkey with lollipop paws and forty bottles of rainbow ree and no end of stilton cheese far and few far and few are the lands where the jumblies live their heads are green and their hands are blue and they went to sea in a sieve and in twenty years they all came back in twenty years or more and every one said how tall they've grown for they've been to the lakes and the torrible zone and the hills of the chankly boar and they drank their health and gave them a feast of dumplings made of beautiful yeast and every one said if we only live we too will go to sea in a sieve to the hills of the chankly boar far and few far and few are the lands where the jumblies live their heads are green and their hands are blue and they went to sea in a sieve the pobble who has no toes the pobble who has no toes had once as many as we 
when they said some day you may lose them all he replied fish fiddle dee dee and his aunt jabiska made him drink lavender water tinged with pink for she said the world in general knows there's nothing so good for a pobble's toes the pobble who has no toes swam across the bristol channel but before he set out he wrapped his nose in a piece of scarlet flannel for his aunt jobiska said no harm can come to his toes if his nose is warm and it's perfectly known that a pobble's toes are safe provided he minds his nose the pobble swam fast and well and when boats or ships came near him he tinkledy blinkledy winkled a bell so that all the world could hear him and all the sailors and admirals cried when they saw him nearing the farther side he has gone to fish for his aunt jabiska's runcible cat with crimson whiskers but before he touched the shore the shore of the bristol channel a sea-green porpoise carried away his wrapper of scarlet flannel and when he came to observe his feet formerly garnished with toes so neat his face at once became forlorn on perceiving that all his toes were gone and nobody ever knew from that dark day to the present whoso had taken the pobble's toes in a manner so far from pleasant whether the shrimps or crawfish gray or crafty mermaid stole them away nobody knew and nobody knows how the pobble was robbed of his twice five toes the pobble who has no toes was placed in a friendly bark and they rode him back and carried him up to his aunt jobiska's park and she made him a feast at his earnest wish of eggs and buttercups fried with fish and she said it's a fact the whole world knows that pobbles are happier without their toes the new vestments there lived an old man in the kingdom of Tess who invented a purely original dress, and when it was perfectly made and complete, he opened the door and walked into the street. By way of a hat he'd a loaf of brown bread, in the middle of which he inserted his head. His shirt was made up of no end of dead mice, the warmth of whose skin was quite fluffy and nice his drawers were of rabbit skins so were his shoes his stockings were skins but it was not known whose his waistcoat and trousers were made of pork chops his buttons were jujubes and chocolate drops his coat was all pancakes with jam for a border and a girdle of biscuits to keep it in order and he wore over all as a screen from bad weather a cloak of green cabbage leaves stitched all together he had walked a short way when he heard a great noise of all sorts of bisticles birdlings and boys and from every long street and dark lane in the town beasts birdies and boys in a tumult rushed down two cows and a calf ate his cabbage leaf cloak four apes seized his girdle which vanished like smoke three kids ate up half of his pancakey coat and the tails were devoured by an ancient he-goat an army of dogs in a twinkling tore up his pork waistcoat and trousers to give to their puppies and while they were growling and mumbling the chops tin boys prigged the jujubes and chocolate drops he tried to run back to his house but in vain for scores of fat pigs came again and again they rushed out of stables and hovels and doors they tore off his stockings his shoes and his drawers 
and now from the housetops with screechings descend striped spotted white black and gray cats without end they jumped on his shoulders and knocked off his hat when crows ducks and hens made a mincemeat of that they speedily flew at his sleeves in a trice and utterly tore up his shirt of dead mice they swallowed the last of his shirt with a squall whereon he ran home with no clothes on at all and he said to himself as he bolted the door i will not wear a similar dress any more any more any more any more never more the two old bachelors two old bachelors were living in one house one caught a muffin the other caught a mouse said he who caught the muffin to him who caught the mouse this happens just in time for we've nothing in the house save a tiny slice of lemon and a teaspoonful of honey and what to do for dinner since we haven't any money and what can we expect if we haven't any dinner but to lose our teeth and eyelashes and keep on growing thinner said he who caught the mouse to him who caught the muffin we might cook this little mouse if we only had some stuffin if we had but sage and onions we could do extremely well but how to get that stuffin it is difficult to tell and then those two old bachelors ran quickly to the town and asked for sage and onions as they wandered up and down they borrowed two large onions but no sage was to be found in the shops or in the market or in all the gardens round but someone said a hill there is a little to the north and to its perpendicular top a narrow way leads forth and there among the rugged rocks abides an ancient sage an earnest man who reads all day a most perplexing page climb up and seize him by the toes all studious as he sits and pull him down and chop him into endless little bits then mix him with your onion cut up likewise into scraps and your stuffin will be ready and very good perhaps and then those two old bachelors without loss of time the nearly perpendicular crags at once began to climb and at the top among the rocks all seated in a nook they saw that sage a reading of a most enormous book you earnest sage aloud they cried your book you've read enough in we wish to chop you into bits and mix you into stuffin but that old sage looked calmly up and with his awful book at those two bachelors bald heads a certain aim he took and over crag and precipice they rolled promiscuous down at once they rolled and never stopped in lane or field or town and when they reached their house they found besides their want of stuffin the mouse had fled and previously had eaten up the muffin they left their house in silence by the once convivial door and from that hour these bachelors were never heard of more the owl and the pussycat the owl and the pussycat went to sea in a beautiful pea-green boat they took some honey and plenty of money wrapped up in a five-pound note the owl looked up to the stars above and sang to a small guitar o oh, lovely pussy o oh, pussy my love what a beautiful pussy you are you are you are what a beautiful pussy you are pussy said to the owl you elegant fowl how charmingly sweet you sing oh let us be married too long we have tarried but what shall we do for a ring 
they sailed away for a year and a day to the land where the bong tree grows and there in the wood a piggy-wig stood with a ring at the end of his nose his nose his nose with a ring at the end of his nose dear pig are you willing to sell for one shilling your ring said the piggy i will so they took it away and were married next day by the turkey who lives on the hill they dined on mince and slices of quince which they ate with a runcible spoon and hand in hand on the edge of the sand they danced by the light of the moon the moon the moon they danced by the light of the moon end of part three